It's a peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Here we are. There you are. That's Kirk. I'm Jack. You know how we get down. It's Forward Progress. A little bit later, the commissioner of the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League, Jal Rawlings, mm-hmm. is going to join us. Uh, listen, I didn't even know there was one for a decade. I, I, I didn't Kirk. know. Well, you know what? I've been watching these uh, Atlanta rappers and entertainers, sure. and they all keep showing up at this basketball venue. And I'm saying, wait, what is this? Because well, I'm watching know. NBA, but now I'm seeing guys show up over here. And it's been in the past, but I guess this is this is the new thing. Rucker, Drew, Miami. I knew this. I can't wait to talk about it. A little bit later in the program, uh, the, the Jackson State football coach, head football coach, has a message if you want to address him. He makes a good point. I want to know if it's a valid point. Deion Sanders will be discussed a little bit later in the program. But right now, we start off with something a little wider. It's the greatest games, the longest lasting games, if we go all the way back to pre-modern times. Uh, Tokyo 2020, about to yeah. get underway, or will it? As we found out earlier this week, uh, the boss says they're not ruling out a last-minute cancellation of the Olympic Games. They got their eye locked in on the rising COVID-19 cases. Kurt, this could be a mess. Um Listen, it's responsible. I'm not saying it's not the thing for them to consider, right. uh, but basically everybody's there now. <laughs> right. Tokyo apparently reported uh, earlier this week on Tuesday th- nearly 1,400 new COVID cases, the city's second highest daily increase of new cases since January. So I understand why. They're on pause. I'm right. just not on pause because down here in Miami, I don't think it's ever stopped. <laughs> Y'all been going. I'm not, yeah. I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm yeah. comfortable. So that's, an, that's a nervous laugh. I got you. <laughs> because the masks need to get back in, in South Florida immediately. But I know I'm, I'm going uphill in that space. Now, the other thing is there's been a number of cases, nearly 100, in Japan linked directly to the games. I understand this concern. Are they really? Do you really think they're thinking about shutting it down? I mean, you you have to think about it. I, I think that they truly are. Um, I know how much money is invested into the Olympics. Trust me, the networks, um, television dollars, right. the athletes, all the hard work. Um, I understand the the reason why you want to continue with the games, especially when you look at what's been going on with professional soccer, you're looking at the NBA, we, you know, just completed their season, the NFL completed its season, uh, but it was sort of in a bubble with no fans. One thing about the Olympics, Jax, and I think we can all say, this is the one time that you come together as a country, regardless of your political stance, Uh, Whatever it may be, we all, you know, yell out for us, the good old USA. I mean, I ain't watched a 
a, a day of archery, but yet when archery is on, I'm going, wait, who, who's the US, USA? Okay, here we go, USA, let's go. You know I'm, in. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there, I'm watching it. So it all brings us together. But I do know that bringing us all together right now may not be the safest thing to do. And at what point do you say, I know how much we need this because we, you know, we, we need sports. That's the one thing I learned from the pandemic, the, the year of 2020, is how much sports play an important role in our lives. Maybe not for all, but I think for a lot of people, because we've seen the response with um, sports coming back in America. Now, across the world, I would say for some, yes, it's a big deal. But these Olympics, we know every four years during the summer in July and August, you stop what you're doing for a little bit and you watch and you marvel at what the hard work of people who compete and they get this one opportunity only every four years. I mean, you have the, the meets and the world championships and all that stuff, but the Olympics is every four years. So I understand the thought process of let's keep it on. But man, if, if, it, if it starts to be a situation where people are unsafe, and I'm seeing the couple of NBA guys, and I'm not saying that they're bowing out because of uh, COVID, but it is something that, is it really worth it for me to go out there and risk my health in order to be in a situation that may not be what's good for my future? They have these calls regularly. And I'm going to give these parties credit. It's called the five parties, by the way. Okay. Uh, the International Olympic Committee, the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee, the J Japanese government, Tokyo Metropolitan Government, and the International uh, Paralympic Committee. They're talking regularly. They're giving themselves some room. They're being nimble in a way that big organizations usually can't be. Um, that may be another positive that's come out of coronavirus is we've all had to learn right. how to be different, how to be able to start and stop in ways that would have seemed cumbersome in the past. Listen, at this stage, the situation could get better or it could get worse. Mm. So you have to sit and just be ready and make hard decisions that have to be made. But here's the problem. Tokyo is under a state of emergency right now, um, which is set to expire August 22nd. And so that's why these Olympics are so different anyway. The spectators have to be from Japan, unless I believe there's some caveat for um, some dynamics. I know like family members of athletes are not permitted to go. Mm, like this is correct. Their dream's coming true and they're going to be 12 hours away from the folks that, that, that helped them get to those dreams. But, uh, man, I mean, we're already playing events right now, right? Yeah. U.S. Women's Soccer, come on now, playing. <laughs> playing. You but, know, Jack, um, I did see something, though, Jax. Um, the one thing that I did see is that also, this is also a test, not even test. I mean, how, could I, how, would I, how do I put this, Jax? The Olympics also is sort of um, of us, I guess, recognizing how other countries are handling the pandemic. All countries. And we're saying that because everyone has a different protocol, a different mandate. 
Right. The U.S., we operate on our own. Japan may operate on their own. Korea may operate on their own. You got, you know, Brazil, Colombia. Think about all the countries and how they have their own. Man, there is no, you. there it is. There is no uniform policy. There That's is no the world, uniform right? mandate. And so what may be okay in the USA may not be okay over in Tokyo, may not be okay in another country. And so that's the one thing. What's the whole governing body going to do when different countries have their own mandates about COVID-19, right? I was just thinking about it. It was just something that just came to my mind. I was thinking about it, Jax. Like it's, you know, certain, like I I remember during like the NBA season or even the NFL, like certain states had different, you know, or county regulations, state regulations. I'm here in California. We have to put the mask back on indoors. You know what I mean? But if I go to Florida or if I go to Utah or Nevada, I can have my mask off at all times. You know what I mean? Like everyone has, I call it the wild west of the South. That's where I live right now. (laughs) But, Think about going over to Tokyo now, you know. Entirely different behavior. Listen, when we watch these opening ceremonies on Friday, and I do religiously. Yeah, that's the um, best part. I'll try to watch them live, by the way. I'm a mess. (laughs) I'll get up first thing in the morning. Still still Um, seeing Muhammad Ali holding that torch. Come on, man. There's memories that... that, that Come on. The dude hitting the the light with the the bow and arrow. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Um, But there are going to be fewer athletes Mm. that are going to be in position, um, not the full nation contingent. They're not, not having that. Um, serious restrictions in the Olympic Village. Uh, it's Right now, it feels like everything's going to move ahead, right? right. Yes. But we got to get our mind right. The brakes may get jumped on right in the middle of this stuff, man. I, it's, it, it's, it's a reality that I'm, you know, I'm sure our friends at uh, the National Broadcasting Company don't want to hear about because <laughs> uh, yeah. they are obviously in it. And there's there's that type of broadcast commitment for 200, con- 200 countries around the world. Yeah. Oh, NBC all in. <laughs> they all in. They <laughs> say, hey, man, we're going to go all in. That's all we know. Yeah. So hopefully it continues, though. Honestly, I mean, I'm just hoping that everybody is safe. And I hope that we're all doing the right thing. We're not forcing this. You know, sometimes a lot, you know, greed does fall into it where we're saying, well, we got to do this for the bottom line and we'll be okay and try to push through it. But I don't want to put lives at risk. It's it's just too much to uh, put at risk for a lot of people. Quickly, with a lot of pressure, uh, the IOC seems silly Uh to me. This is simple, but uh, they unanimously approved a decision to include the word together in the Olympic motto. There was some pushback on this, Kirk. I don't know if you remember this story, but uh, yeah, they're going to, as the IOC president says, adapt to our times <laughs> yes. for the uh, uh, Olympics here. The amended Olympic motto is faster, higher, stronger, together. It's an adaption from the original motto in Latin, um, which was, I'm not even going to try to say it. So anyway, <laughs> I'm doing the English translation, but yeah. it's important, at least to me, um, that the IOC that wants to be apolitical, right, uh, take some responsibility as it pertains to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of the big parts of all of this is that 
you know, this is, like I mentioned, this is one of the one uniformity of all the countries. We may disagree on policy. We may disagree on mandates. We may disagree on religion. We may disagree on this. But when it comes to these games, we, we all know how winners and losers are chosen, how gold medals are given, um, and how competition is. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, age, how you look, nothing. And so that's when you say together, when you say, um, you know, everything that you just said, like, that's what I think of is that wherever you from, I'm about to come over here and try to kick your ass. That's how it is. Basically, that's what these sports is all about, man. That's I'm a- trying to win. And we're going to do this together. We're going to do this the right way. But man, it's going to be fun trying to win me a gold medal. That's what it's all about. We're wishing everybody uh, the very best, safe travels and all the best health. Uh, and a lot of gold medals for the United States. That's what we. That's what that's we did. <laughs> uh, so you already knew. I didn't know, but we're about to get deeper into it as we continue here on Forward Progress. Kirk's favorite basketball league apparently is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It is the Atlanta Entertainment uh, Basketball League, and it's something else. The pros know. Uh, the the hip hop stars know we're all about to be in the know uh, when their commissioner joins us next here on Forward Progress. You're listening to Forward Progress on Sirius XM Radio. They're playing basketball all over the nation. As you know, Kurt, basketball's paid every bill in my adult life. You know, I love the orange leather. Uh, I'm going to be honest, our next guest is introducing a league to me. I thought I knew all the summer leagues, <laughs> Miami, L.A., New York. I mean, but Atlanta's got it going on with the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. Their commissioner is Ja Rawlings, and he's with us here on Forward Progress. Ja, an absolute pleasure, brother. Thank you for joining us. Man, you got everybody coming to the A in the summer. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? Hey man, just a lot of prayer and hard work is what is the motto, man. So, uh, you know, we've been building this thing for for nine years now. Um, playing eight, obviously, we lost um, the summer last year because of COVID. Um, but man, just constantly making sure that the product that we put on the floor, making sure all our players, whether they be in the NBA, college, overseas, even our young guys that are coming up, you know, have a place that they can play some high competitive basketball. Um, while also giving back to the community and playing in front of their city, you know, for the most part, like me and Pete was just talking about that, you know, we do have a lot of guys who are transcends like myself from other cities that live in Atlanta now and rep Atlanta. Um, so like, you know, even when Kyrie came, he's like, yo, this kind of feel like home, you know? Um, so, you know, for us, man, it's just continue to stay progress, uh, forward progress with building basketball in Atlanta um, had a great start because you've already had the, the, the programs like the Atlanta Celtics that people know, you know, the years of Dominique Wilkins and, and those guys with the Hawks. So it, it, it was really easy for me being a kid from New York growing up in ba- under basketball and watching it all my life. I'm like, man, if anybody can do this, I can do it. I, I know what it takes to get basketball up to the next level. You know, John, take me back to the uh, framework of how this all first launched. You mentioned nine years, and now you're starting to get the notoriety, the, the publicity that is always well worth. But how did it first start? Like, take me back to the groundworks. Yeah, man. So uh, a little backstory. I came here from New York to play college basketball at Georgia Perimeter College. 
uh, which is one that, you know, it's, it's non-existent anymore because of uh, Georgia State buying them out. But it was one of the top junior college, uh, Division One junior college programs in the country. Um, and I just saw it, you know, Atlanta was really like one of those places. I'm like, damn it, they really had like a basketball league like the Rucker or, you know, like <laughs> Nightman. Or, you yeah. know, this could be crazy. And um, I always had that in my mind. I used to tell my guys all the time. Back then we had the Nike Pro City League um, that's like in New York. Um, but it just, uh, it, it was still kind of private. It wasn't like what, what I saw growing up in New York. So I, I always kept jotting down in my note, and I still have this notepad to the day, um, jotting down like, man, if I can create something or what I wanted to do, because just like every kid, I had a dream of playing in the NBA. Um, and obviously it didn't fall short because I wasn't talented. I just was burnt out from basketball. And I, I, I didn't want to do two and three days again, uh, you know, over and over again. So I was like, look, man, <laughs> let me find another route. But uh, long story short, man, I went on to start at Lando University in South Carolina, wound up coming back to Atlanta and starting seeing that window for me to play pro kind of close. And I said, man, I got to start figuring out the next move. So I wound up taking a job with the Atlanta Hawks uh, for uh, their basketball development leader. So I did that for about four and a half years, all while still navigating and finding, you know, where the basketball lane was for me to do what I envisioned. Um, so starting the league, man, I, I left the Hawks uh, and said, I'm a bet on myself. And I jumped out there, you know, and I knew God would be my parachute. And, you know, we started right in the home. A lot of people don't know this, but we started right in the backyard of Cl Walt Clyde Frazier's community, which is the old Fort Ward in Atlanta. Um, so starting it, my vision was I was going to bring the rocket to Atlanta, man. You know, so we were we were we was outside on the asphalt. Uh, I realized that Atlanta basketball isn't based on that. So I said, well, look, I'm going to stick to my vision, but I'm going to alter it a little bit. So our second year, I, I went and got the hardwood, just like the Rucker did. And we had the hardwood floor outside in the park. And people was coming, man, and they were looking at this damn court like it was like an alien. Like, they was like, yo, <laughs> how do he, how is this court outside, right? Because, I mean, we had the real same court that's inside the State Farm Arena. I had it outside. So, but the crazy thing is, if you guys probably see or travel to Atlanta, man, the weather is like Seattle now. Right. It's going to rain probably every day or every other day for a good while. And obviously having a hardwood floor that's a wood, live breathing ele you know, element, it just wouldn't work. But I, I believe in God's timing and, and, and seeing your vision through. What it did was it made me shift indoors, right? Because the park that we was at had an indoor and an outdoor facility. So when we would go inside, man, it would just turn into a whole different thing. Like the players start playing harder. The crowds were more comfortable. Wow. It's it just because Atlanta doesn't have that street ball outdoor element like a New York or like Chicago or L.A. or D.C. where we grew up. Like my first shot was on the outdoor basketball court, whereas my son, his first shot is inside of an air-conditioned gym. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. like, the elements are so different. So, man, when we wound up, we, we were right in the same neighborhood, Central Park, Old Fort Ward. Um, they had a gym. And literally, man, it just went to the next level. And even though I kept battling with the vision, like, back, I'm like, damn, I, I want to do an outdoor league. It just, it, every time we went inside, it just made me more comfortable. And then look, our second year championship, Will Barton and Lou Will were on the same team. Will Barton hits the game-winning shot. 
there's probably about the gym really holds and I can send y'all the capacity. The gym holds like 230 people, bro. It had to be like 800 people inside the gym Wow. with about another 500 people outside trying to get in, right. Waiting for somebody to come out the doors so they, so they could come in. And from that point forward, man, I just knew I was like, yeah, we got to, Hey, it's, it's a bigger vision than, than what I even thought. And man, we took it inside to the gym we had to move over to Grady High School, uh, which is still in the Fort Ward, but it's like our, it's like our inner city school. Um, and man, from that point forward, man, we've been doing packed out gyms ever since. <laughs> he is Joe Rawlings. He's the commissioner of the AEBL, Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League, NBA free agents and celebrities. They're all in the mix. Uh, there's always the signature. From Rucker to Drew to even down here in the Miami Pro League. Yeah, uh, those Ryan. are my guys. I'm going this down is... to see them tomorrow. <laughs> All right, well, holla at me when you get here, boy. I'll be here. Um, there's always something each year, right? Yeah. That that just blows the roof off something. Yeah. Um, sounds like that night might be the night. You already I think yeah. you might already that was it. the first one. That was the first one. You give me give me give me that basketball moment. I remember that one time. Remember when the Rucker, it was raining. And Vince showed up. Yep. And they had to bring it inside. Yep. And everybody don't know anything about it. YouTube. Don't yep. tell them. They don't deserve it right now. Yep. Go to YouTube and see what happened that night. Uh, <laughs> or that afternoon, whatever it was. Uh, what You got something, John, on that level of... Yeah, I think it's still... I, I think we haven't topped the, 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 the Kyrie moment yet. Gotcha. You know, because it, it was so... It was unplanned. It wasn't like, a, you know, we really don't know when these guys are coming. They literally hit me up on a Friday or a Saturday, like, yo, I'm in town. I want to pull up, you know, as a team I can rock with. Or I'm a, you know, and they got guys that are already on team. They got five. Yeah, so Tyree was here shooting Uncle Drew. Um, and, you know, I, you know, we had been talking. I talked to his sister, his people. They were like, yeah, man, you know, we're going to stop through. Now, meanwhile, I'm not thinking he's going to play. I'm like, you know, he's he's coming to just watch, right? Right. Um, so they hit me up, you know, I think it was like late Friday night, man, and they called him. It's like, yo, he's playing tomorrow. And I promise you, bro, my like it was like my stomach got empty, but it was like <laughs> a bunch of butterflies, because I'm like, yo, we ain't I don't know we prepared for this, you know. But uh it was a huge moment, man, because not only did and a lot of you know, again, I, we we haven't fully been able to tell the story, but like we were at that point where it was like, you didn't know if the season was going to end on the bang or if it was kind of like, it was just going to be a dull, you know, finish. But for him to come, you know, we had him, Lou, Trez, Iman Shumpert, um, Mike Scott, Paul, uh, who else was on that team? No, Paul wasn't on that team. Mike Scott, Shelvin Mack, uh, Quinn Cook. I mean, it was, it was, it was a crazy finish to the season, but Right now, I think I think the Kyrie moment trumps all. And he was in a green uniform, and then the next day he got signed with he signed with the Boston Celtics. So hey, the luck of the green came our way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, jo, uh, no name drop at all here, but I know like a couple weeks ago I talked to uh, Ice Cube a little bit, and he okay. was talking about the big three. Yep. And the, one of the cool moments that he talks about more so is not the basketball, 
but the importance of having a league and having the ability for guys like we mentioned, we talk about the NBA guys, but there are so many guys that you mentioned, such as yourself, that yeah. didn't get that opportunity, that that pro uh, aspiration kind of went away because of just timing. Right. And so to have these guys be able to come out to a place to go out and still play at a high competitive level, but more importantly, let their family, their kids get a chance to see what they've did their whole life. Yep. I think that was something I talked to him about, but just how many guys come up and thank you for that opportunity for their kids, their family to go out there and see them play competitive basketball. Yeah, all of them, man, to be honest with you. So we got, you know, we got like Josh Powell who played in the NBA and, you right. know, um, is now, you know, he's an NBA champion with the Lakers and now playing in the big three where maybe his family couldn't travel all the time. He has a new little baby girl. Um, and then, you know, I mean, several guys, and I would say almost all of them, even the guys that did not make it past college to get a pro career, right. um, they always like, man, this is this is why we, we rock with ABL and we believe in what you're doing um, because you're giving us something to stay active and stay around the game, um, but then also giving us a chance to kind of stay home with our families where we don't got to travel around across the country like they may have in the past to play in the Drew League or the Dykemans or, you know, because you had to go, if you're an elite player, you're trying to find the elite run. Right. Um, now Atlanta has that with the ABL. So, you know, I salute all those guys, man, that they, they play a big part um, into who we have become because they were there when the NBA players weren't. Um, and, you know, we like guys like Little D Mosquito, you know, he was one of my first, first guys who was kind of like notable or, influencer in basketball and you know he suited up from day one when we were swapping when we had only one set of uniform and we had to swap out <laughs> for game, game he was there you know guys like Dot. you know Dot was was one of our early guys when he was still playing college ball and first starting to get his chance to see him doing all the great things that he's doing right now as a basketball influencer um is amazing man so i i truly appreciate those guys and um, it's an honor to have them in the league just as well as the NBA guys. From the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League, the commissioner, John Rawlings, with us here on Forward Progress. Jason Jackson here, Kirk Morrison there. I need two things from you. Give yeah. me the entertainer, the non-professional athlete that has come through, one, and shouldn't, two, <laughs> awesome skills didn't know. Um, two... Um, should, um, K camp. Okay. Definitely didn't know K camp was a hooper. Okay. Um, shouldn't have, um, that's tough, <laughs> man, because crazy enough, man, like guys like Lil Dirk and I, I didn't know they played basketball at all. You get what I'm saying? Right. right. It's They're coming through with the skill like, set. Not exactly. It's kind of like, you can't really be like, no, you shouldn't play. Um, so I, I would, I would probably say little Dirk. Um, you know, he wanted to play in the real game, like with the pros. <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro, you got to play. You got to. We have an entertainment division for you. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's yes, keep sir. you there. I, I told him, I said, look, bro, this is different. I said, I see you hooping on social media with the guys or whatever. Really? Um, but and in, in, in honestly, I would also I would add two chains to that. Um, you oh, know, yeah. people don't know that two chains played college basketball. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, and you know, at Alabama State. And, you know, I think that that's a big part of kind of how we've even evolved with the entertainers mm. um, because they've seen guys like K-Camp and 2 Chains. Quavo came. He didn't play in the ABL League. We mm -hmm. 
we did a charity game um, uh, for Christmas for the kids, and he came and hooped. And that was my first time really seeing him really hoop. Like, yeah, a lot of these guys, you're like, damn, they just rappers. But nah, a lot of them can ball, man. So we're actually doing our celebrity game this year and hoping all those guys come out. Not nah, Quavo athlete, man. Qu Quavo yeah. is hooping. He playing in the softball. Any charity event you Flag got, football. Quavo is coming. Flag football, yeah, everything. Really dope. Yeah, he got a charity. <laughs> they do a, a celebrity uh, football flag football game um, that's been really big, man. So yeah, he's definitely definitely an athlete. I think the a the AEB. You know what I loved. I loved seeing that you that you do it for the ladies too. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yeah, you, that's yes, exactly. Hey, See, Jax, you know hey, what I was talking about, man. Hey, I was like, I was going to ask Ja that yes, same sir. question because yes, this is what separates the AEBL from everybody else only because we've had countless amounts of women on here, especially, you know, basketball, NBA, I mean, WNBA executives. And you don't get a chance to see that run no more. It's like they play either in the WNBA and then they overseas. But now yeah. having an opportunity here. Yeah. I know the how yeah, how special we, was that? Yeah, it's 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 very special, man. And I think it's what's going to be the game changer to our platform and our brand. Um, I have two amazing black women who are leading charge with uh, Christina Granville, aka Miss Basketball, and Portia Bimbo, um, both former players. Um, really, really great with building that that vision that I have for the women's league and making sure that we have elite um, women who are former WNBA players like Ty Young. Uh, we got a huge surprise this weekend that we can't talk about. Um, but the separation is exactly what you said. And I always salute all of the leagues around the country because it's not as easy as it seems on social media for us to run these programs. But I think for the next five to 10 years, that's going to be the game changer is our women's league because we, my big vision for it, man, is to almost to be like the D league for women, the, the WNBA right here in Atlanta. You know, so that way these women still have a progressive platform where they can play, compete, get better. Um, you'd be surprised how many WNBA women are hitting us right now. Like, yo, I, I want to come play. I want to, because once you, you know, basketball is all about familiarity, right? It's right. like, yo, once you start seeing certain players play, you're like, oh, they out there? Oh, I'm coming. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hoop. So um, I, think the, I think the women's aspect of our league is going to take, take things really to another level. Um, and it's been great. Every game has been competitive. We just had a standout um, come last week from Clemson that I was like, damn, I didn't know she was like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> she dropped she dropped 35. You know what I mean? And that that and it ain't no slack to the team she was playing because they're one of the better teams. But you know what I mean? Like that just shows you that, man, if we keep this going, that the next generation of women hoopers that are coming from college, they start playing with us you'll probably start seeing more women get a chance in the WNBA from playing in the ABL Women League. John Rawlings, the commissioner of the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. Uh, we're noticing and look forward to hear what you have to say about the fact that you aren't just putting on a show. You're trying to change things. Yes, sir. From yes, a community sir. standpoint, what is the league trying to impact? Yeah, the, 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 the league is the community. Um, the mayor said it best is that AEBL has become the fabric of the Atlanta community because not only are we using basketball as a vehicle to drive awareness, uh, we do a ton of give back. We actually have our back to school um, event that we've been doing for eight years now where we give about 500 um, book bags filled with school supplies. And then we also try to bring in resources for the parents. But, you know, I've always been of the community. Um, 
our, our goal is to try to impact in ways that if you're not a basketball player, it doesn't matter to us. We want to try to redirect your life or change and give you resources that you may not have. And that's what ABL is. Everybody will tell you ABL always puts the community first. Um, anywhere that we need to show up, whether it be when we were doing the Black Lives Matter March, we did a Dribble for Justice March. You know, we feed the homeless. We go into school systems and do peer-to-peer mentorship and bring our NBA guys and celebrities back to schools. Um, we have our big annual fundraiser uh, with the sneaker ball that we do where we raised um, $75,000 last year to basically create a new narrative and a learning system for our young black boys and girls because the education system is, is, is letting them down. Um, so for us, we had to come up with something that we know will tap into them mentally and bring that resource to the Atlanta public school system. So though people see us and they see the NBA players, I want people to continue to understand that we are a nonprofit organization and our, our, our purpose is to serve the Atlanta community. I think the biggest question of all is that, you know, obviously being from New York, uh, are you still the Knicks or you then transcended down to the Hawks, man? I've so never what? been the Knicks. I hate, never been, I hate the Knicks. So who is your squad? We got to know who your so, squad is on the yeah, way man, out. I, obviously growing up young, I was a Bulls fan just because Michael Jordan. There it uh, is. And then when, when my boy AI came in the league, I've been watching AI since he was in high school. So I kind of shifted like everybody else did. I went from going with the team to the individual players. So LeBron's my guy. So wherever LeBron is at, that's who I'm rolling with. Um, but now I will honestly say, man, I, I believe in the Hawks. Um, I, I am becoming more of a Hawks fan by almost bipartisan. My son loves Trey Young. He's like a little <laughs> Trey Young. Like if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he kind of do look like Trey Young. Um, but, you know, I, I love the hometown team. I, like people always say, um, New York, New York bred and birthed me, but Atlanta raised me to who I am now. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a black businessman. So I, I have so much love for this city. So I'm riding with the home team, man. He is the mastermind of the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. He is Ja Rawlings. Come back anytime, brother. We appreciate yeah, you. I appreciate you guys, anytime. man. And I hope you guys can make it out uh, before we end the season. And man, I'll see you on I'll see you on Thursday because I'll be front and center at Miami Pro. <laughs> Listen, PB's got the info. Holler at me. Come All on. right. This is the offseason. I got my feet up. Just holler yeah, at right. me. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Josh. Pleasure's ours. Right. Stay with us. When we come back here on Forward Progress, we have two words for you. Coach Sanders. Don't call him Dion. Call him Dion. He <laughs> might step off on you. That, when we come back here on Forward Progress. Listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. We're always so glad to have you with us here on Forward Progress. He's Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. Uh, listen, the Jackson State Tigers head football coach mm-hmm. wants coach. <laughs> wants coach yeah. in front of that name. And I'm not mad at Deion Sanders at all. Um, here's what went down if you missed it. Deion Sanders uh, has gone by many names, of course, uh, during his Hall of Fame NFL career. But right now, he wants to be called coach. Yeah, he's entering his second season as the head football coach of Jackson State. Made that clear Tuesday during the SWAC's media day after being addressed as Dion by a reporter for the second time. And he said the following. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion. If you call Nick, Nick, 
You get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me. Treat me like Nick. Now, word was he walked out with the media session after that. Sanders said he never walked out on media day. Some of this, I believe it did occur on camera. I haven't seen it, uh, yeah. Kirk. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I saw a note from a reporter that said, listen, I cover the SEC as well. Nick gets called Nick all the time. So there's some of this story that may not be totally connected to reality. I understand, though, where Dion's coming from. Absolutely. And I have learned a long time ago, call people what they want to be called, or there might be a misunderstanding. <laughs> like, it's really that simple. Like, what is it that's so challenging for you, you know, once you've heard it? Now, I don't know if Dion put it out there ahead of time. That's one thing. So his sports information director, that staff, needed to have prepped everyone. Listen, no prime time, no Dion, no, no any of it. Right, it's no prime. He is the head football coach at Jackson State University. Refer to him as Coach or Coach Sanders. That's how the media session should have started. And then if somebody bucked that, then we deal with you. I don't know if that occurred or not. That's how it should be handled. I'm hopeful that's how it's handled going forward. Um, but I don't have any real beef uh, with anybody letting me know what they want to be called. I'm always happy to acquiesce in that state. Um, I just wonder if everyone was on the same page. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I did see the audio of it, the quick audio, Jax. Um, the reporter guy, you know, says, hey, hey Dion, this is and that. And Dion stops him and tells him, hey, you know, um, uh, don't call me Dion, call me coach, you know, or whatever. Uh, or he said, he said, don't call me, don't call me Dion. Like you called Nick Saban that and this and that. And the guy came back and said, okay, Dion. So look, and Dion was like, so it was also, it kind of, to me, it was, it was like a little bit was, of a, like, yeah. Get like, out of here with all that. Yeah. Pushing the envelope a little bit by the reporter. Yeah. Um, I was taken back by this Jax because I meet with coaches every single week and it doesn't matter their age uh, at all. I mean, I've co I mean, I've interviewed coaches who are younger than me, who are older than me. I still refer to them as coach. Like they don't have. I, I don't need the SID or the the uh, public relations director, right? You know, the the media director to say, "Hey, Coach Prime is going to be coming up," or Coach Sanders. To me, he's always going to be coach, unless you have that relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. If you have a relationship with that person then maybe you can get away with it or it's something that you use outside of the framework of what was going on. Remember, this is a media day. This is where we're talking about the university and football and anything associated with that. If we're in that setting, I'm always Coach Sanders. Now, if you catch me outside, I'm done. Hey, Coach, you don't mind if I get a chance to talk to you for a minute? Sure, sure. You know what? No, I'll call. I'm, I'm just, I'm Dion right now. I'm good. I'm Dion. I'm, I'm not Coach. We're just talking as two guys. Because I get that level of respect. I understand that level of respect. You have earned that. If you are a coach, to me, you are always coach. That's just how it is. You know, now if you have a coach nickname or something like that, I, I'll, I'll call you by a nickname, whatever it may be. You know, if it was for you, like, I'm not, maybe, I'm not going to say Coach Popovich, you know, Coach Pop. Is that a, can I, can I call you Coach Pop? Is that okay? You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things that you have to ask a person. And in this, I actually, I love this though, Jax. I do. I love it for this aspect of that. 
Dion or look at I'm already messing up. Coach Sanders, I'm sorry, is making sure and setting the groundwork for the future. Now, when you talk to him, he is Coach Sanders. See, I'm caught up in the fact of I've known him so long to where, hey, what's going on, Prime? Hey, what's going on, Dion? He is not that guy unless he's in that element. When I refer to him in his football element as a coach, I have to make sure I, hey, Coach Sanders, can I talk to you? How you doing today, Coach? Because I think we've been so lax and so loose for so long that you forget, hey, this is, I, I got a great point for you. Jax, you've been working in the NBA a very long time, right? You have a personal relationship with Chauncey Billups now. Now, when you see Chauncey, you say, hey, what's up, Chauncey? <laughs> no, I hey, won't. Co Coach Billups, can I ask you, you know what I mean? Like, think about because I think about in the NBA, a lot of our coaches now, when we look at this coaching cycle, a lot of these coaches now. are former players, you know, right. like. Jay Kidd, or I even look in like even college football, you know a lot of these guys personally. And now you have to make sure that even though I do know you personally, I want to address you for what your title is. Okay. What your title, who you are, I want to address you in that way because it, it goes for corporate America too. It's like if a guy's a doctor, he's earned that degree. I'm not going to say, hey, what's up, Jim? How you doing? Like, uh, Dr. Jim, how are you today? You know what I mean? Like, that's. I want to I, I want to teach that to my kids. I want to teach that to and maybe Dion is making a point of how he wants his kids to be addressed. Hey, this is what this is how you address folks, because that's what I think that he's trying to bring also to that university. This is not bad publicity. I think this is good publicity. And we were talking about Jackson State during a media day. Trust me, this is all good for D, for Coach Prime and his uh, Jackson State Tigers. So Nick Suss is the reporter from the Clarion Ledger, which is in Mississippi. Right. Um, so the, the, they are going to enjoy each other's company <laughs> throughout. Uh, he notes, quote, when I interview people, I call them by their first name, whether it's someone I've been working with for years or someone I've met for the first time. I don't think that's professional. That ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> and by the way, as a reporter, you don't get to set that tone. Correct. Yeah, I think that's that's where that rub happens. That challenge occurs. Blue, black, or green, there's a level of respect that you establish. What would you like to be referred to? Correct. Right? Wouldn't you want that courtesy yourself? Like, it's, it's pretty simple. I think we do that even with our guests. Hey, excuse me, before we go on air, <laughs> how would you like to be addressed? Exactly. That is probably one of the most professional questions that I get. Before I do a radio hit, a television hit, hey, Kirk, how exactly. would you like to be, uh, you know, addressed on air? I was like, oh, appreciate it. Just call me, you know, college football analyst or forward progress host. You know what I mean? Like those things, <laughs> that, that, it, it makes the job a lot easier for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, um, the neat thing that's coming is a greater awareness, a greater yes. platform Correct. for the BAC and the SWAC. I mean, this is, there are a lot of other, you know, historically black colleges and universities, but these are division one conferences and it feels like they're being treated better as division one conferences uh, than they ever have uh, with some awareness. I will give your organization kudos uh, <laughs> that, you know, it's not just going to be jammed on ESPNU, right? Right. Or no, no, no disrespect. I'm one of the originators of ESPN News. 
But we know what happens. That's getting pushed down the dial a bit. Uh, but the Tigers will open things up um, September 5th against my favorite. You know, it's Florida A&M now. My mom's tripping. She goes, she's like, Florida State? I mean, Central State in Ohio? No, nah, Mom, sorry. I'm in Florida A&M now. <laughs> Rattler basketball didn't change me. Yeah. Uh, but it's on ESPN, too. It's a Labor Day time. weekend. That's not something that's always available for historically black colleges and universities. And, and, and it helps that Coach Sanders is in this space. Right. It, it helps that there is an awareness and a desire for equality Um by the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it is well overdue, but this is fantastic. And if it had to come from um, the old Miss writer <laughs> coming to uh, SWAC Media Day, that's, that's an advance too, yeah. even though it was a little rough and scruffy. <laughs> but hey, you mentioned the, the key word, and it just keeps coming, playing in my mind right now, awareness. Yeah. So I feel like now, as I get ready to prepare for another college football season, I'm going to make sure I find out what do I call every coach. <laughs> make sure. I'm asking, excuse me, how would you like to be referred to, Coach? Absolutely. I've heard coach nicknames that guys around the building use. Uh, some coaches, they'll, they'll tell you, hey, no, call me by my first name. You know, hey, okay, coach, that's fine. Yeah. But I do want to know to have that sort of respect because, first of all, I'm in your place. <laughs> I don't want to come disrespect. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing as somebody come disrespect your house. You want to be, you know, how do you want to be preferred? Some people say, "Hey, would you want to be preferred, Mr. Morrison?" You know, when the, when the kids come over, hey, just call me Kurt. Man, you're all right. We good. So I want to have that same level of appreciation, but also respect for uh, others as well. A little little confrontation never hurt anybody. Yeah, Mr. Jackson, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Morrison. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, my man. It's always great to be together. <laughs> Uh, what do you have in front of you this week, work-wise? Where can folks find you? Uh, this week, uh, getting ready for the SiriusXM NFL Training Camp Tour. As no. NFL training camps are opening this week, Jax, it is going to be a uh, football season is here. So Cowboys, Steelers have already reported, reported. So you can catch me on NFL Radio throughout this week as we get ready for an upcoming 2021 season. Got to keep an eye on COVID with uh, the National Football League, absolutely, too. Absolutely. It was a legitimate issue sometimes for teams. Uh, per usual, I'm back on NBA Insiders. Yours truly and Amino Hassan on uh, Sunday morning. Of course, we will be uplifting things starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time on that program for the Milwaukee Bucks. Kudos. Kudos. They did it. Yeah. They did it. Uh, it was. It, it ain't, it's never easy. And congratulations to the Suns on a wonderful path. It's not going to feel good. For a minute, but mm -mm. from where that organization was to being in the NBA Finals is a massive leap, and uh, we'll see now. They got to answer a lot of free agent questions. Uh, they have one big free agent question. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> That's it. That's Chris all they need. We'll see exactly yep. what the situation is there. Uh, thanks to Ja Rawlings for swinging by, the commissioner of the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. As always, we thank our producer, Pernell Brown, for bringing it all together. For Mr. Morrison. I am Mr. Jackson. We will talk to you next time.